Welcome to the Father's Four Podcast, everyone. We're just four dads sitting around talking about how to be good dads. I'm Spencer Seal. I'm Trevor Beasley. I'm Brian Packer. And I'm Forrest Cole. In today's episode, we are going to talk about when it is okay to lie to our kids. Has anybody here lied to their kids or not revealed all of the truth? I mean, if we admit anything, do we? (laughs) (laughs) What's the liability here? Yeah, what's the liability? Uh I mean, Spencer, maybe you'll run for office someday, so be quiet, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Some things. I'm going to be very silent this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. I would say yes. I I have. Oh, sorry. I'll cut you off. I I think that there are definitely. Yeah, I think there are definitely times where, kind of like what was said, withholding information or maybe not telling everything uh, can be really helpful. Um, and, I mean, it could be as simple as like when you're at the grocery store and you say like, oh, we, we can't afford that or we don't, you know, that's gross. When it's not, it's mm-hmm. delicious candy or something. Um, or it could be, you know, more extreme, like... Um, oh man, I heard recently and this, sorry, may hit a little closer to home, but I heard recently somebody talking about, um, someone passing away and Mm. they had told their young kids that the person was just on like an extended vacation. And it wasn't until way later that the kid discovered that like, no, grandma died. Like she was not on an extended vacation. (laughs) She passed away. And so I think that there are varying levels of, and obviously, some examples uh, are a little bit easier to kind of get by with and not do a lot of damage or harm and others can yeah. kind of, uh, you have to navigate them a little bit more appropriately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And um, when I was talking to my wife about this uh, topic earlier, she was like, well, it's never okay to lie to your kids. Why would you guys even do that as a discussion and i was like well look parents do it all the time you know in in innocent ways you may not realize it or even think about it in the moment but it's i mean it can definitely be a tool of um small problem resolution one of my favorite sayings is sometimes you just got to do the right thing and be dishonest Hmm. um I think I use that too much, but, um, <laughs> you know, with a kid, yeah, like you said, Trev, like sometimes it's just easier to tell a kid that that candy's disgusting when in reality it's delicious. Um, I do it with my protein shakes all the time. My, my kid wants some of my delicious, um, chocolate muscle milk protein shakes. This, this, um, podcast will be re-aired as a five-star review of muscle milk. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I tell my kids that that crap is disgusting all the time. You're not lying to them then. You're being honest. (laughs) (laughs) Nonsense. Muscle milk, keep it going. I mean, I mean, maybe we reword it a little bit. Maybe it's more like exaggerations or understatement, right? Like we, if we're talking, like I, I know like when they were young and we might have a soda or something, we'd be like, oh, that's a spicy drink. Right. We don't get into the 
explanation of it. Oh, this is a soda. It has caffeine. You just sort of, you know, well, this is a spicy drink, right? And they like, don't like the bubbles. They don't like to drink drinks with bubbles. And so like they associate that with something that they don't want. Right now that they're older, Mm -hmm. we have to explain to them a little bit more. But I think that like, I think parents do this all the time. We, and I think it's to keep kids safe. Right. And, and things that we can't explain to them yet. Right. It's like, we have to like exaggerate or, you know, understate the truth in order to keep them safe. Right. And, and, and mm-hmm. communicate with them in a way that they'll understand. Am I delayed? Yeah, that's that's a great way of putting it. C- communicate with them in a way that they'll understand. And sometimes that requires an omission of facts, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that and can be interpreted as lying. Yeah. And, you know, you, Trevor, you mentioned loss. Um, you know, recently <clears throat> my mother in law passed away and she was, she had cancer for about four years. And we, never told our boys that fact they knew she was sick and they knew she was Mm. sick for a long time. And I think that was to sort of keep them safe, right? Like to to sort of guard their emotions and have it not affect them for all this time. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we, I don't think there was ever a, belief that somehow she would, you know, pull out of this. We knew that this was terminal. We just hoped that it would give her, the treatments would give her a long time. And it wasn't until like a few days before she passed that we were like, we talked to the boys and we were like, look, this is, this is what's happening. You know, grandma's dying. We're going to go see her, spend some time with her. She's not going to be herself. She's going to, but this is important that we go spend time with her. And August especially was very affected by it. Um, he, they had a very close relationship and, and I think that, I think that was the right thing to do. Now it may appear to some yeah, that at their age for sure. Kids and, and, and some other parents may believe that they should be open about that stuff from the very beginning. But I think it was our desire to protect our kids feelings and emotions mm-hmm. during that this hard time, you know, I think, I think that's a good call that, you know, I mean, personally, I feel like that's a good call of what you went through, you know, especially given their age. When my dad died, my boys, you know, would have been, you know, uh, like 16 and 13 or 12, you know, around that age. And so they, they did understand. So it was better to share everything with them because Mm -hmm. then they could be more involved you know, cause they, they understood things a lot better and so forth. But it, for little kids, um, that can just be devastating, you know, for them to, yeah. the more time I think they have to think about it and to think, you know, for if they knew for the last year, I know that, you know, they were a lot younger when, when your mother-in-law was diagnosed, but mm-hmm. imagine if they, you know, for the last year or just internally eating at them and what that could do to them emotionally, um, you mm-hmm. know, mentally. So I think that was a good call. I think that's the type of situation where it's like, say it's not a lie. It's we're going to, 
withhold it in a way until they're in a position where they can understand it better mm-hmm. and be able to react in a way that uh, is going to be more meaningful for them for mm-hmm. the future. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. And now every instance. I kind of keep thinking. Be... Oh. Go ahead. I'm delayed, I think. <laughs> Sorry. I think that, yeah, I was going to say, I think you're a little bit delayed, so I yeah. over, over speak on you. I kind of keep thinking about uh, this concept of. Next week. Yeah, really. <laughs> I keep thinking of this concept of uh, like maintaining control a little bit. Maybe that's just because like my parenting style, I feel like that's a, like a battle that I always have is giving up control. Um, I want to be more in control. And so as my girls have gotten older and are becoming more independent, that's like a struggle for me to be like, okay, like I need to give up a little control and let them make messes, let them make mistakes so that they can learn and really grow and evolve. Um, and that's like a constant struggle. And I feel like sometimes some of the withholding or lying or whatever that I'm doing is because I'm not quite ready to give up that control yet. And so like, I'm not ready for the girls to know that, you know, Reese's is the greatest candy bar because I want to be able to have all the Reese's in the house. And so you know, I've got to put the control there uh, or I'm not ready to, or even kind of like what we've discussed, they're not ready, uh, you know, to understand something quite yet. And so I want to have control over when that concept gets introduced. Uh, but selfishly, yeah, I think at, at a, you know, subconscious level, part of the reason that I manipulate or, or lie or withhold information from my kids is because I'm trying to maintain a certain level of control. And I think that as they get older, um, kind of like what you were saying, Brian, your kids were older. And so you're like, yeah, we want them more involved. We want them to understand because you've, yeah. in, in theory, at that point, you've already kind of given up more of that control and, and they've become more right. autonomous and independent. So, mm-hmm. Um, here's a question when, you know, we, we've kind of been talking about this concept of, I don't know, withholding facts from our kids. How does that change when your kids are older? I mean, my mom and dad are in their seventies and I'm kind of wondering like, do they still lie to us? Do they still lie to you? (laughs) You know, I'm 30 years old. I'm like, my mom, dad still lied to me. (laughs) And about what? And is that appropriate? Is it fair? Is it the same? Do they do it to spare my feelings? I mean, recently my mom and dad were supposed to come and visit me. Um, but they didn't cause my mom's health isn't great and she's having some blood clot issues and it's not, uh, safe for her to fly. Hmm. And I was kind of wondering, you know, where along the line had they like not told me about stuff that was going on with my mom's health. Hmm. Um, you know, is that sort of kind of what you're describing Forrest? Um, yeah, I mean, I, and I think so anyway, I I pose, I pose the question to you guys. I mean, I have to imagine that our parents still do things, omit things to protect us. You know, I, I think that I'm pretty sure I could remember times where I caught my mom doing the same thing as an adult, right? Like in my thirties or even in my forties mm-hmm. and like 
not wanting to, my mom is it. My mom is, um, doesn't love confrontation very much. And I think maybe that has something to do with it. And I got a little, I, uh, inherited a little bit of that from her. And, but I think that I have to imagine that there were times where, you know, I can remember a couple instances of them saying, Oh, you know, don't come home for Christmas because maybe this, the roads will be bad because of snow. It, and it snows like for a week yeah. in Portland, right? And you wonder if there was something else behind it. So, mom, if you're listening to this, and there was, you maybe you could tell me now because I'm 51, 51 now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like he's on to I, you. Yeah, I think that there's always. I th- no, there's I think you're spot on. Be. Yeah, yeah, I think you're spot on though because like I, I, it reminds me of. You know, we talk about parents aging and that. And when, like, if my mom's had something health wise going on or my mother in law, it's like, well, why didn't you tell us? You know, so that we could know, you know, what we could help with. It's like, well, I didn't want you to worry. You know, I didn't want you to worry about that or, or I know your family's busy or, you know, it's like, no, we need to, you know, we need to know that stuff. So I, yeah. And I guess I probably do the same kind of similar things. <laughs> keep stuff because I don't want people to worry about it. That reminds me of a, uh, oh, a recent story, actually. <laughs> Forrest and I are on top of it. So uh, my, uh, my brother and sister-in-law, their oldest just had a birthday and she, uh, so we had been texting to see like, Hey, um, you know, are you guys having a birthday party or, you know, what's going on? And they had texted back and like, oh, she's sick. So we're not, you know, we're not really doing anything. And so we were like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Our kids were sick too. And uh, like a few days later, a week later, uh, one of our family friends who, you know, is friends with my brother and sister-in-law and Brittany and I uh, swung by and was like, just chit chatting with us. And we're like, Hey, did you guys go to so-and-so's party? And we're like, uh, no, we, we didn't because we were told that there wasn't a party. So we didn't know there was anything going on. So it was kind of one of those like, Oh, this is really awkward. Like <laughs> we, we didn't know what was happening. So then it was, you know, like why, like, were they just not wanting to invite our kids or what was going on? So, um, you know, we had a discussion and learned that it was just that they were doing a friend party and not a family party. And so they didn't invite us. And it was just, you know, a a communication thing. But then we learned that Britt's parents knew about it and just hadn't really like said anything about it, which is fine. Like it wasn't necessarily their place to say anything. Um, But then that made Brittany and I like even more like, you know, okay, so everyone except us knew about it and no one said anything about it. So then it was like, how, you know, how do you feel in those types of situations? And then I thought, I started thinking like, okay, if I were in like my, my in-laws shoes where I, you know, have two kids, their own families, and I know something about one of them that is affecting the other one, how do you manage that? How do you, 
do you withhold? Do you, you know, that's, that's a, and that kind of is what you were asking Spencer too, is like, as your kids get older, at what point do you start to, you know, make those decisions of, I need to withhold this information or I need to say something here. And at what point, you know, were they trying to protect Brittany and I's feelings or yeah. So it's a very interesting question. And it kind of poses the question of, at whatever age of kid, what do you do or how do you handle if you get caught in your lie or in your sarcasm or, you know, how, how do you handle that? What do you do? Yeah. Uh, that's funny. It, this, what you're talking about right now reminds me of this scene from um, Moana because I have a four-year-old where the, the village chief has a, has a mother who's mischievous and up to no good. She's an old lady. Mm-hmm. And somebody asks her like, Hey, what is, what is dad going to think about this? And she just said, I'm his mother. I don't have to tell him anything, you know? And so I think sometimes you can just kind of pull the, the parental prerogative card and say like, yeah, yeah, my, look, if it's my secret to keep, it's my secret to keep. I, I don't, I'm not obligated to tell you anything. So right. I don't know. That card is a winning <laughs> one. I think. I, um, I think that, so, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know this and if, if I, if Brooke doesn't request that I edit this part out, then, um, (laughs) then maybe the world will know this, but, uh, both of our sons are from donor eggs from Spain, you know? And, um, I, this is something that Brooke and I talk about a lot, right? Like, in this world of like DNA testing and these kinds of things, like do we tell our sons about this or do we keep it a secret, you know, which is sort of omitting the truth, right? Because, you know, I'm sort of of the camp of at some point we need to tell them before they get too old. Cause I've seen too many movies where parents reveal some secret about being adopted or whatever. And it like becomes this thing. Like, why did you lie to me your, your whole life? Right. But then like, we're also afraid that that will make them worry or make them, you know, think differently about us. Right. There's that fear there. And so I think our own fear may drive us towards omitting the truth as well, you know? And so it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer, you know, to this particular, uh, sort of conundrum in our life, but eventually we have to tell them because it, it would, they would, they would get mad. Right. And then how do you cover for yourself? Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer to Trevor's question in that regard. I think you could be open about your fear, I guess, of them knowing and the results of that, you know, That is a tough one. And and I guess knowing when, I mean, it, it sounds like you're kind of made up on your mind. It's not, it's not an if it's a when issue. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and how that is a very delicate situation. Well, and help them. And how do you do it in a way that helps them understand why, why, right? Mm-hmm. The importance behind it mm-hmm. and that you want it, you know, you wanted them there. You wanted yeah. them in your life and this was the way that you had, you could do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they, it's, and Brooke carried them 
right? For nine months. It wasn't like they're a surrogate or adopted. It's a very different kind of situation, I think, but just happened to be that we were older and parts of our body didn't work anymore. And (laughs) you know what I mean? And, and, um, right. Yeah. So, you know, but like, I mean, it's been interesting. I didn't expect this episode to be sort of about such big things. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's interesting that it's sort of like mm-hmm. come this direction that we were talking about these big things instead of small lies. But I like it. Yeah. I like that it gets gone in this direction, you know. Um, but let me ask a question yeah. also. Have you ever lied to your kids or admitted the truth and regretted it afterwards? Mm. We all look contemplative. Small, small <laughs> yes. And it again had to do with Reese's. It's a thing, apparently, for me. Um, I had, you don't do a good job of hiding them, I, Trevor. I know. I had hidden them and, <laughs> and had been asked if we had any more, and I said no. No. And then after having that conversation, we don't. I was like, I do. I kind of really want a Reese's now. And so then I was stuck where I was like, I just said we don't have any. I know where they are. And I'm ready to have one right now. So I tried to sneak it and, and then you Paisley got busted. Found me. And so she's like, we do have some. So then I had to give her one. And instead of having like. Were you like eating it in the closet? Trying no, to eat it in the closet was, and like secret or in the bathroom cabinet, or something? I had opened the cabinet in the kitchen and I was like hiding in the cabinet. And she's like, dad, what are you doing? And I was like, uh. So then I had to give up a Reese's. And so instead of having a couple for myself, I lost one. So yeah. I regretted it. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to hide them in different places, right? Yeah. Yeah. That. That uh, ha- that's funny. We drove from Reno to Vegas yesterday, and uh, we let the kids buy some candy on the way. And and uh, you guys know those Haichu candies. And uh, uh, Fisher Fisher had had some, and I had him up with me, and I was sort of contr- trying to control them so he didn't eat the whole pack at once. And and at some point, I think there were like three or four left, and he was like, "Dad, are there any more?" And I was like, "No, they're all gone, buddy." They're all gone, you know, but then we got in the car this morning and he found them on the, <laughs> like found them on, on the, like, uh, at where my feet would be, you know, in the seat. And he's like, dad, there's still some left. But you I'm lie, like, dad. So I, I, I had to be like, oh, they must've, they must've fallen down. So actually it ended up being two lies. Right. <laughs> Cause I didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> Now you're really in. How did this end up there? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, our kids are going to hate us. (laughs) They're going to do the same thing. I can't think of anything. I know. Oh, yeah. I can't think of anything larger scale. I was thinking about like other things that I exaggerate. So, one of the big ones that I've noticed is like, exaggerating how like hurt my kids might get if they do something that, you know, could be unsafe. Mm. So now I have heard Paisley say back to Holland or myself things like, if you do that, you might die. 
you know, and just like way overblowing it. And I'm like, that's probably me. Like, because it'll be, you know, if you ride your bike in the road without a helmet, you might get hit by a car and you might die. And so then like, she'll be like, Holland, if you jump on the couch, you might die. <laughs> so it like has kind of trickled into some of those things that like, I don't know, but I, I see those things and I am like, okay, maybe I need to like calm down a little bit and explain more of the why, but I feel like, I don't know, my exaggeration is valid in like the super rare instance of them getting hit by like a speeding vehicle coming right. down the road or something. But. <laughs> I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, obvious, I don't know. I think we all exaggerate the truth very much when it comes to Easter bunny and tooth fairy and Santa Claus. And you say exaggerate the truth. <laughs> oh. but, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? I'm trying. We have, we have kids that listen to this podcast. I'm going to have to put on a disclaimer. Maybe, maybe Brian and Trevor are on two different sides of this coin. Yeah. <laughs> What's that Spencer? Yeah, maybe that Brian and Trevor are on two different sides of this argument here. One of them know, still yeah. believes this, but <laughs> who's been fibbing to you? That's our point. Right, but but I think I think this is important, right? This this topic, right? Like this, the whole idea of you know, I should, I should be quiet because the kids are in the other room, but you know, this whole idea of like Christmas and Easter and and yeah. your teeth falling out and all of these things that we like, we cre- there's this magic there, which is amazing and so cool. But at some point, yeah, the magic will be gone because they'll find out. And like, I mean, I don't remember being to some dumb kid at school will say something. Yeah. That's what happened to me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like some kid at school was like, Oh, there's no such thing. And I would be like, some, I went some home to my parents it. and they were like, well, <laughs> Yes, that's true. <laughs> you know, like you lied to uh, me. Yeah, and I don't remember yeah. being particular. I was just sort of like, oh, okay. But I imagine some kids are probably yeah. pretty upset. But that's about mm-hmm. creating magic too, right? That's not really about deceit. That's about like bringing magic into our kids' lives. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything it's, wrong with that. Yeah, it's, yeah, giving we them have an to experience. Tell about Santa Claus at all in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think here's one area where I, I probably bend the truth in a way that is unhealthy. I think it's appropriate to bend the truth to protect your children, maybe exaggerate mm-hmm. the truth or withhold certain facts. But I, I occasionally use little white lies as a tool of manipulation. Like father of the year. Um, I, yeah, I, I <laughs> let me explain. Um, this is all very harmless. Um, I'll occasionally tell my daughter who is four and my son is two and there is an obvious size and strength disadvantage and my daughter knows it. She, she beats up on my son often um, with, with great regularity. And so um, I'll tell her a lot like, Hey, look, if you keep beating up on your brother, um, then I'm not going to let you watch Frozen later. When in reality, I need her to watch Frozen for a little bit because I got papers to write. 
Yeah, you know, right. <laughs> like uh, nothing, nothing this side of like a bomb going off outside will keep her from watching Frozen for at least thirty yeah. minutes because I gotta write a paper. Um, but you know, if it gets her off her brother, then um, that's great. Now I should probably use some better, healthier tools of conflict resolution, but sometimes it's just easier to manipulate your. You kids. quit hitting so, him, or I'm oh, gonna hit you. Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> I don't use that. I don't use that. Um, gratefully, gratefully. Yeah. Um, somebody's going to call Child Protective Services on me, but I'm protecting my son too. Okay. <laughs> Did I uh, tell you guys so that our she, story is? I should. Yeah. Did I tell you guys that our our neighbors uh, threatened to call CPS on us because our boys were too loud outside? Yeah. Like, how crazy is that? <laughs> Gosh. But anyways, that, that um, is absurd. Yeah. Yeah, what Spencer was saying reminded me of just the other day. So um, we've agreed to let Fisher play flag football because he is obsessed with football and we just don't want him to play tackle right now, right? So he's going to play flag. But the other day it was bedtime. Bedtime lately has been so hard, you know, and and I just was like, if you do not stay in your bed, you don't have to go to sleep, but if you put one tip of a toe out of the bed you cannot play flag football and just like spencer just said i knew he was going to play flag football right but it was like it was the only thing i could think of that mattered to him so much that he would listen to me now i probably could have thought of better things and i often one of my flaws is like this sort of threatening behavior because that's the way i was often sometimes treated as a kid. And so it's unfortunately it's learned behavior mm-hmm. and something that I'm trying to work on. But like, it was the only thing I could think of in the moment. And it was, it was a, it was a lie. Like I, I knew in my head, I even remember thinking like, Oh, there's no way I'm not going to let him play flag football. Right. Cause like it's too important to him, but like we've had this like battle of bedtime lately and, and we're like, sort of at wit's end, right? And not knowing what to do. And so these like ridiculous statements come out of your mouth and <laughs> that you don't mean, you know, to try to control the situation. But um, yeah, uh, another thing that I remembered was, um, you know, about a year ago, our boys got interested in video games because some of the older kids there in the boulders where we used to live were, you know, uh, Spencer and Trevor, Trevor lived still and Spencer did. And all, there was all these group of kids that used to hang out. I'm sure I mentioned this before on the podcast and it was ranged from like 15 down to Fisher. He was the youngest at starting at two up to four and the older kids had phones and they'd sit out on the picnic benches playing games. And so all of a sudden my boys wanted to play video games. This was like their thing. And my wife used to tell them that if they played video games, their head would explode. <laughs> and and like, I'll never forget, like, you know, like, you know, not too long ago, they were playing video games on the phone and Fisher looks up at, at Brooke and is like, mom, my head didn't explode. You know, like some of this like realization. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> like he still believed it, but he was like, it didn't, it didn't happen, you know, so. <laughs> But I feel like I have tried to, yeah, it is. I feel like I've tried to do some of the same things, but 
like on a smaller scale where it's more like on the I won't let you watch Frozen type of a, a scale. And I have gotten a couple of times to where like so it's typically with Paisley and it's like, OK, quit doing X or else you can't you know watch the show that I said you could watch. And I'm the same way where I'm mm-hmm. like, I really I don't have homework. I just have you know, I'm just lazy. So I just want some space. So <laughs> I'm like you're going to watch this show unless you don't listen, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, okay, I'm like, again, back to the control. I'm giving up control. I'm looking weak if I don't follow through. So then I have to like, you know, toughen up and be like, okay, you said you, you know, I, I said that if you didn't listen, you can't. And then I have to you know, take the screaming kid upstairs and put her in the room. And so I've had that a few times where I've like followed through with what I said that like she couldn't have full well in the beginning thinking like she's going to watch the show no matter what. But then I had that like backtrack on my own thoughts and like okay but if i let her watch the show she's gonna think like oh i can just do whatever because dad's gonna let me watch the show no matter what so then to like reassert my my dominance it's like no like now i'm gonna follow through which has sucked because taking the screaming kid up 15 stairs is awful and then like you put her in the room and immediately she has a meltdown and yeah so then it's like maybe i shouldn't have uh you know, made the, the offer that I did, maybe it should have been something different, Mm -hmm. but that I guess is one scenario where I offered up a a manipulative uh, thing and then regretted it because I was like, I need to follow through or else I'm going to look weak. I'd say stuff all the time when the boys were young, like, yeah, if you don't do this, then you don't get to do that. And Amber would be like, don't say anything that you're not going to follow through on because you know that you're going to let them do it. Yeah. So, and then it's just going to be worse. Stop it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Credibility is key. Mm-hmm. I've offered or I've uh, threatened to like throw away or burn a few items in the past month, <laughs> knowing that I'm probably not good. I have thrown away a toy. I did throw away a toy. It was one that I didn't mm-hmm. care about and it probably cost two pennies. And so I, it was like another. I said I was going to throw something away, and this is the one. I think the threat of I'll burn this house down is not the right direction to go in, though. Side no. note, Brittany did. <laughs> if she listens to this, she's going to be a little upset. She did almost burn the house down. Oh, no. <laughs> she. Uh, is that why you cooked the spaghetti today? Yes. No, this was, I think, last week. She Holland has been sick and has like a double ear infection. She sat Holland down on the counter while she was getting the medicine out of the cabinet. Holland turned on the burner on the stove. Brittany didn't know that. And then later, Brittany moved uh, like a container of pancake mix, a plastic container, onto the burner so that she could do something on Mm. the counter. And then she went upstairs to go. uh, I think she was doing her makeup or taking a shower, something. She went upstairs and uh, Paisley was downstairs. Holland followed Brittany upstairs. Paisley comes upstairs like 10, 15 minutes later. She's like, mom, it's smoky down there. Something's wrong. Brittany's like, what? And so she comes downstairs, cannot see. It is like covered, like just so much smoke. And thankfully we had, 
bought a fire extinguisher. And so she like went to the garage, grabbed the fire extinguisher and then ended up not needing to use it more. Thankfully she just saw like, Oh, this is a thing that's burning. So she, you know, got it off and put water in it. <laughs> but yeah, she, Paisley's like, oh uh, I think something's wrong. Oh something's gosh. burning. Yeah. So oh. quite the mess. No smoke. Smoke alarms not go off. Uh, it did. Um, after Brittany got downstairs and apparently <laughs> 15 minutes yeah, later, apparently the smoke alarm, uh, doesn't just beep. It like yells at you. It's like, I don't even remember what she said. It says, oh, yeah. it's like fire. One of those or fire, something fire, yeah. fuego, fuego. like yells something. <laughs> get out, she's get like, out. Oh my gosh. So yeah, almost literally threatened to burn the house down. Everybody's frozen. I have a feeling that Forrest is talking. Oh, were you talking, Forrest? You just popped on video, but we couldn't hear anything. Oh, how funny. Can you hear me now? Still on delay? Yeah. 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 Good. Okay. Well, we'll just have to edit those parts out. You guys all froze for a second. I came back on. How funny is that? It's like, this is ridiculous. Um, this, you know, now you're gone. This, uh, everyone will have to excuse our technical difficulties at times. We're still trying to figure out the uh, details of using Riverside. We'll have to get Riverside. Uh, yeah. A couple of people decided to, to come move out, out of state. Yeah. Yeah. If two people didn't move, yeah. we wouldn't have this problem. I know. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm going to better but myself by going to we school. Should, you know, we should make a, <laughs> see if we can all join up in Utah or something at, at some point, you know. Um, I've got some yeah, credits where? that I need to use. Utah. I heard New York as well. <laughs> I, I was like, New York yeah. sounds good to me. <laughs> I was like, interesting. Quite the uh, out of the way place yeah. to join up. Yeah, I've got some credits well, too, and I thought I should just like take a red eye to New York, you know, get there early in the morning, spend the day there, go to a basketball game that night or something, and f- take the red eye back home. <laughs> I'll have to get a hotel. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to myself. Yep, there you go. <laughs> well, so what's our takeaway? Other, uh, what's our takeaway? I mean, maybe, Spencer, maybe Stephanie's right. Maybe it's not Do lies. not. Don't you say that. Our wives are always right. Yeah. That's true. Well, that's true. But like, you know, yep. like think um, about I, it. I was, like, just about, I was just about to say, though, for all, for all the dads out there that, like, tell little listen. fibs and white lies to your kids, um, yeah, I accept it. And, uh, like... Uh, I, I, I think you'll know when you cross a line, right? When it's oh, really yeah. inappropriate or damaging. I think you'll know. Lying about not being able to watch Frozen is not a big deal. Um, but you'll know. Yeah. And I think, I th- yeah, I think when you, you will know when it's detrimental and you know when you're just trying to help, right? Trying to protect mm-hmm. or trying to, you know, maybe sometimes we'll lie to try to resolve a situation and maybe that may not be the best way to go about it. But I think we continue to learn from those situations and what to say and what not to say um, mm-hmm. and try to be, 
you know, I guess more reveal more of the truth. Um, you know, what are the consequences? But like when I look at my four year old, he just won't understand some of the things that I want to, that I want to try to communicate. And so I need to find a simpler way. And sometimes it means omitting some of the truth. And I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as we have our children's best interests in mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think having, you know, older kids in my situation, it's, they're good kids. They get it. They understand it. And I think if we were to talk about some of those things now, they'd be like, I totally understand why. Mm-hmm. And they'll do, like you said, Spencer, they'll do the same thing when, when it's their turn. Yeah. I feel like it's, there's not a, a set line. It's not a black and white. It's, it's a very fluid line and each kid is going to be different. Each situation's different. And so, yeah, kind of like what's been said, I think you'll, you'll learn, uh, as you, you know, practice it. That sounds kind of weird practicing lying. Um, but I think, you know, as, as you go through and, and, you know, as your kids are developing, you'll start to learn where, you know, you need to be more upfront and, um, transparent with your kids and where it's not as crucial and maybe can be more healthy for you, for them and, you know, for your relationship with them. So, Mm -hmm. Awesome. <clears throat> well, thank you, gentlemen. That was sort of unexpected the way the conversation went, but I, I really enjoyed it. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Fathers Four podcast. We're really happy you joined us. If you would, please follow us on YouTube and Instagram at the Fathers Four. Thanks so much. Bye. Later.